May 7th. And as we look into the New Testament for today's reading, we'll be narrating out of the book of John, chapter 5, verses 1 through 23. Now the Father broke his Sabbath rest to help two sinners, and Jesus followed his example. In the world of nature, the Father is healing bodies, multiplying food, turning water into wine, and so forth. But it takes longer to do those things. Our Lord's miracles are the Father's works done instantly. Whether instantly or gradually, they are the wonderful works of God. And with that, we begin today's reading from the New Testament. May 7, John chapter 5, verses 1 through 23. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city, near the Sheep Gate, was the pool of Bethesda, with five covered porches. Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches. One of the men lying there had been sick for thirty-eight years. When Jesus saw him and knew how long he had been ill, he asked him, Would you like to get well? I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred up. While I'm trying to get there, someone else always gets in ahead of me. Jesus told him, Stand up, pick up your sleeping mat, and walk. Instantly the man was healed. He rolled up the mat and began walking. But this miracle happened on the Sabbath day. So the Jewish leaders objected. They said to the man who was cured, You can't work on the Sabbath. It's illegal to carry that sleeping mat. He replied, the man who healed me said to me, Pick up your sleeping mat and walk. Who said such a thing as that? They demanded. The man didn't know, for Jesus had disappeared into the crowd. But afterward Jesus found him in the temple and told him, Now you are well, so stop sinning, or something even worse may happen to you. Then the man went to find the Jewish leaders, and told them it was Jesus who had healed him. So the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, My father never stops working, so why should I? So the Jewish leaders tried all the more to kill him. In addition to disobeying the Sabbath rules, he had spoken of God as his father, thereby making himself equal with God. Jesus replied, I assure you, the son can do nothing by himself. He does only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, the Son also does. For the Father loves the Son and tells him everything he is doing, and the Son will do far greater things than healing this man. You will be astonished at what he does. He will even raise from the dead anyone he wants to, just as the Father does. And the Father leaves all judgment to his Son so that everyone will honor the Son, just as they honor the Father. But if you refuse to honor the Son, then you are certainly not honoring the Father who sent Him. So what I just saw is that an issue that continues to persist uh, among us who confess Christ as Lord are seasons in which we walk in the desert, seasons in which we struggle with doubt, seasons in which uh, we kind of are, are barely hanging in there. And if we are not careful, we will pretend that that's not where we are and instead 
play the part of here's where I raise my hands and here's where I take notes and here's when I come to group, what I say about. And in essence, we begin to pretend that we're not where we are and hear me, that's dumb. Why? Like your conversation with other believers, your conversations in your groups, your conversations with those who are in your life pursuing Jesus Christ with you should be right around this subject. It's dry. I'm tired. I'm struggling with doubt. I don't get this. I'm losing faith. Why would you pretend that's not where you are? I love you. That's idiotic. The reason why I habitually come back to trying to teach you that the entire Christian life from beginning to end is marked by confession and repentance is that if you get away from that, you get away from an open, honest, this is where I am type of relationship with other believers and instead find yourself pretending or wearing the clothes of someone who has it all together. You rob yourself of the ability for the body of Christ to be what she is meant to be. And that is at times the tangible experience of God's grace and mercy for you. So we confess, I'm, I'm in the desert, man. And I don't know how much longer I can survive out here. But listen to me. You'll never outgrow confession and repentance ever. Doesn't matter how long you're a Christian. Doesn't matter. You, you also, uh, I don't know that you'll ever outgrow seasons of being in the desert. God accomplishes profound things in the dry times. And so what we must learn to exercise week in and week out, month in and month out, year in and year out, whether obedience feels like breathing air or obedience feels like a full-out assault on our hopes and dreams, is an openness and authenticity to say, I'm in trouble. I'm jammed up. I'm frustrated. I'm angry. I'm lonely. I've been reading my Bible and I can't remember the last time the, the Lord spoke to me through his word. And, and so what happens when you refuse to do that is what we're doing here, it gets really goofy. It gets really dumb. I don't, like, this isn't what pleases the Lord. A broken and contrite spirit pleases the Lord. That's what the Bible teaches. And so what we need to learn to trust the Lord in that while simultaneously being honest that that's where we are. If, listen to me. God hadn't asked you to be Superman or Wonder Woman. He hadn't asked that of you. What he has asked is honesty, openness, and contrition. Reading Psalm 105, verses 37 through 45. God sent Joseph to Egypt to preserve Jacob's family so they could become a great nation, just as he'd promised. He sent Moses to Egypt to deliver his people. He sent Aaron to assist Moses and serve as high priest for a sinful people. You see, God always has a man or a woman ready to sin when a job has to get done. And he waits for you and me to say, Lord, here am I. Send me. 
Psalm 105, verses 37 through 45. But he, the Lord, brought his people safely out of Egypt, loaded with silver and gold. There were no sick or feeble people among them. Egypt was glad when they were gone, for the dread of them was great. The Lord spread out a cloud above them as a covering, and gave them a great fire to light the darkness. They asked for meat, and he sent them quail. He gave them manna, bread from heaven. He opened up a rock, and water gushed out, to form a river through the dry and barren land. For he remembered his sacred promise to Abraham his servant. So he brought his people out of Egypt with joy, his chosen ones with rejoicing. He gave his people the lands of pagan nations, and they harvested crops that others had planted. All this happened so they would follow his principles and obey his laws. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 14, verses 28 and 29. A growing population is a king's glory. A dwindling nation is his doom. Those who control their anger have great understanding. Those with a hasty temper will make mistakes.